Microphone's down. Microphone's up. Cocktails and questions. Uh, we're back in the Garden Grove. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This is a little bit of a special edition. Um, if you listen to the last podcast, we had a special guest named Anna. We decided she was way more brilliant than James Landon, so we way, kicked him out. Way more. <laughs> so we've got Ben Gaddis, Anna Gilligan. Uh, where is James? Like somewhere in Italy or, or France. I have no idea. He's a traipsing across the, the European countryside. Humble bragging. Uh, with with the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. With uh, he, he told me just a backpack. Oh, his, okay. fam- his whole family has just three backpacks between the three of them. Well, he also texted me the picture before he got on yes. the plane. That's a lot more than That's three backpacks. <laughs> but he keeps texting uh, glasses of wine and French bread and we're slipping it down we here. We miss him, but Texas. Anna's sitting in. And so uh, yep. we were talking earlier. She's got to, uh, the only way you can match James is if you ambiguously reference your age uh, and the fact that you grew up in either the ni- 1920s or the 1970s or something in between. So if you can do that. Well, yeah. for the podcast, yeah, close welcome. Enough. To- <laughs> okay. Just round down. Okay, and if you just carry on the James tradition of tuning out when either one of us is talking. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then just say what, say what we just said. <laughs> You'll nail it. Um, speaking of what we just said, before we press record, we're talking about um, the WWDC, and, and I get a little nostalgic. So if you think back all the way back to the very the Worldwide Developer Conference from Apple, from Apple. For, for those who don't know acronyms. Okay, yep. We got dinged on that it, recently, so thank you for clarifying. But this was, I think, two years ago was one of our very first podcasts ever, Cocktails and Questions, yep. was talking about it. And we got really excited because ARKit got released. And if you remember, uh, I was holding multiple devices running around the building, drawing fluorescent lines in the air and all that shit. So it was fun, man. But you want to catch us up on what just happened? Yeah, it was a pretty big announcement. Um, but when we had that event, uh, two years ago, and we kind of kicked off this podcast around it. I think one of the things that we talked about, and and we were all sort of a bit bummed because there was no big hardware announcement. And these things used to be about hardware. Um, and uh, it's a developer conference, so you would think it would be more about software, but they usually were releasing new phones, new iPads, uh, new watches that developers could take advantage of. We're just not seeing that anymore, and the shift has really gone much more to software. So we saw some interesting stuff around watch, the fact that the Apple Watch now doesn't need uh, the phone as a companion. So it's uh, it's really a standalone, and, and you can actually download apps from an app store on the watch, which yep. is really new, and I think developers are really excited about that. There's some cool stuff it's doing in the health space, um, update to iOS, so they're going to iOS 13. But nothing, nothing really cool about it. It's just faster. So apps are supposed to open 30%, 50% faster. Um, biggest thing is dark mode, which is like a huge Can nothing you, burger, so I think. When I read it, I got very excited. So if you know me, I, if it's black, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Dark and all this stuff. I, I customize my Slack <laughs> to be black and all this stuff, right? Noir. Um, I got excited, but um, I was quickly disappointed. Can you explain what dark mode is? Uh, dark mode. So it's it's a it's a huge innovation um, that turns your screen dark, <laughs> and that's it. Uh, it just just essentially inverts the colors, and so instead of a white background, you can get a black background, and and that's it, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It almost reminds me of MySpace, where you can change the background according to what you wanted. So, oh. and it makes so a real innovation. Long yeah. are the days. Autoplay <laughs> music and glittery skulls. Does that count as my dated reference? <laughs> yes, it does. Yes. How old? How old is Anna? Yes. You never know. Yeah, I think you posted an interesting question on LinkedIn. It was like, is this all it is? And the first thing I thought of was this scene um, about seven minute abs and six minute abs with. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh. Something about Something Mary. About Mary. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's just if this is a, if the entire internet goes nuts over dark mode, which is something that was invented years and years yep. ago that you've been able to do on Android forever. Um, have we really come that far where innovation is just that? Uh, so anyway, so, yeah. so no, nothing really too exciting there. Um, one of the things that was interesting that sort of slipped in that I thought was um, not as covered as it should be is uh, sign in with Apple. So Tim Cook, man, yep. that guy has been uh, on this high horse around privacy, and they are just kicking Facebook's ass when it comes to that. Just every, it's just a dig over and over and over and over about how Google and Facebook are taking every piece of information they can and selling it. Even though I just saw an article that said Apple is extremely private unless you download an app. And That's then at right. that point, all your privacy goes out the... Everything's broken. <laughs> so, so as long as you don't download apps, your phone is extremely private. But sign in with Apple is the same button that you see when you can sign in with Google or sign in with Facebook or any of those different things uh, so you don't have to enter your information. But they're not going to share all of that or sell that information. So it's faster, it's tied into Touch ID, um, but the thing that they do is if you use, if you are an app developer and you use Google or Facebook, it's a requirement now that you have to use sign in with Apple. So it's gonna be everywhere. And and it's gonna be interesting to see who, who really uses it. And so what are the rules on, so my iTunes account is not tied to an Apple account or a Mac account or a me account, whatever, right? It's tied to a Gmail account. Has they talked about that at all? Um, no, I mean, I, th I think as long as you have an Apple account, which you have to have an Apple device, right, to, to set it up, um, then you essentially have sort of your your unique um, sign-in. But um, all they're doing is they're, they're not it, – it lets you log in, um, but it creates a – It's what was kind of cool is it actually creates a separate email. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. for every app that you log into – and so, the, because those developers have to have an email address, it creates a one two three four five six seven at apple.com for Brandon. And then don't give they, away. My sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's yeah, that's his security social security number. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, they can actually send you emails. But the second you don't want those emails anymore, Apple will just delete that address, yep. um, and it forwards it all to your original email address. So the developer never knows who you really are. Which is kind of cool. Also, right. kind of tough if you're a developer. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. Yeah, I guess I was listening to this podcast this morning. A friend Scott Galloway over at Pivot, and uh, he was kind of railing against how Facebook are fucking liars. To quote, <laughs> and he's he said essentially said that they are the Trump administration of the software world, which I thought was an interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. Yeah, it, he's always got something. Good. Yeah, man. I mean, he's he's fantastic. Um, but you brought up something about about trust. Why you inherently trust Apple? You got any thoughts? On why that might be they just paved the way i mean i don't think it's that we trust apple it's they have something we want is what we hear from a lot of people oh that's interesting yeah they they have the experience they have the app um information to track our mm, track our package um text our friends do whatever so as long as we can get what we need to get done quickly or we hand over information that makes sense the um so of the things that you that were released. What did you like? So, you you, you kind of like privacy. You shit yeah. all over dark mode. Did anything? 
I like the, um, you know, my favorite is Apple is, uh, you know, it's, it's a real for the people brand, you know? So, um, like, you know, it's, it's for those who don't have a lot of cash, uh, you know? So, uh, my favorite was the $45,000 Mac pro (laughs) with a 6k display. Um, so it's just like a real attainable product (laughs) for all of us who, you know, who are just like doing 3d rendering, um, you know, at uh, the, like the, the words that they were using like teraflops and <laughs> it's just just got not, nothing but but it's such an apple thing to do of they create this thing that everyone sort of wants like i want a twelve thousand dollars 6k display i don't know why i, I don't even know, know what 6k is yeah. and the monitor stand for this thing the stand is one thousand dollars yep it's it costs more than a, a regular macbook yeah, I saw this thing. It's like, uh, here are all the gaming PCs you could buy for the price of the stand. Yeah, and it was and just a like, Mercedes. Yeah, like you can for the. For, I mean, for like forty five thousand dollars, you can actually you get Fiat, a Mercedes. For God's yeah. sakes, <laughs> the, the company, <laughs> the company. Yeah, why not, dude? Um, all right. So what else have? There's a couple other headlines that came out of this. Um, uh, iPad OS. So I thought this was really interesting. So if you talk about, yeah, I think we need to talk about what this signals and where Apple's going. But um, iPad OS is a specific for the first time a specific operating system for the iPad to use and leverage more of the screen design and real estate and so um, there's some simple things like the fact that the home screen is much more customizable you can you can pin widgets to it um, but you can also now run multiple apps um, split screen um, the switching between those is is really interesting but you can use uh, USB, so you can actually use like um, memory sticks. That was the weirdest. Part. Yeah, which is, I mean, when was the last time you used one of those? Oh, so I have no. Somebody goes, uh, I was going to this event and I was like, I don't know how to display this thing, and somebody goes, Oh, you can just store it on a USB stick, and I was just like, What? What is that? What's a USB yeah. stick? Yeah, yeah but apparently that that was another big innovation. So you, know, you can plug a USB <laughs> stick into your iPad, which would be hilarious. But where I think this, I think this signals that they are more serious about iPad than I thought. I sort of felt like they were ever moving away from it because it's just this weird bastard child in the middle of like there's you know you can do stuff with your mac macbook and your uh your laptop that you just never could with with an ipad and the phone is such a different space i think this is signaling that they're probably he- i think they're headed in the ipad been, as the future state i want to i want you to chime in but just wrote, like i just to argue with you i've been waiting for them to me. double Don't. down with the ipad there's two things i've been waiting for them to double down on one is Siri and one is iPad. Like, I, if I list my tools of creation, iPad is in the top two. How do you use it though? Awesomely. Like, for, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you do. But like, for what? What is it? Because I I carry around my phone when I when I travel. I got a phone, an iPad, and my computer. And my iPad is what I use when all the other ones run out of batteries. That's fair. To like watch a movie or something. Like do that. you have There's, an iPad? No, I want one. Yeah. I feel like when it first came out, I was like, oh, this is a fancy nook. <laughs> Which <Yeah>. was the <laughs> wrong wrong perception of it, but it still kind of was because same thing. I can do everything on my laptop. I think it's interesting, though. I just see it as they're running out of space to make the air any smaller. So mm-hmm. how do you make the air smaller? You make that iPad a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to make it bigger. And then I agree. I think that's... With uh, they're out of ideas in terms of how to like have a game changer. Ouch! For, 
Oh, <laughs> sorry, Johnny. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've, they've optimized it. Yeah, but you're right. Though. It sort of feels it. like it, right? Yeah, it feels like we're out of ideas. Mm-hmm. We some of us didn't want the bigger iPhones when they came out. That was uh, a flop. Yeah, we don't necessarily want much smaller laptops. I don't really imagine why I, I would personally uh, want uh, a keyboard I have to attach to it. So yep. I think that's where the iPad still has that limitation for like work mode. But I've observed like how other people use iPads. It's that kind of like organic sketch pad yep. Yep. and then streaming device. And you're not watching a video on your smaller phone screen. That, that's exactly how I use it. So when I use it to create, it's much more of an artistic expression than it is um, a business expression in that I express myself in business, but it's through drawing, through diagram creations and things like that. So to me, it kind of signals you're so much cooler than me. <laughs> I don't have any artistic expression technology. I, dis- I, I gotta get some. Well, there's the music expression as well, right? So yeah, that's there's true. things. So I, I actually use it as a peripheral to control other surfaces, whether it be a MIDI controller or a remote paintbrush yep. or something like that. And then what I think is really cool is with, uh, what is it, Catalina? Catalina, yeah. Catalina wine mixer? Yes. <laughs> All right, cool. So with the Catalina wine mixer that's coming yeah. out, um, forever there was these companies and these weird plugins, and sometimes they would work, sometimes they wouldn't, but essentially they would allow. Uh, you to cast your iPad to your computer. And now it's built into Catalina. And I'm a huge fan of the smart bar on uh, MacBook Pros. The touch bar, yeah. Oh, it's huge. It's a game changer. And yeah. anybody who doesn't like them, they're a Luddite, and I don't, I yeah, can't do with I got those rid people. of mine. Yeah, I know. So you can say. <laughs> and, um, but what it's happens... bagging on me. What's really yeah. cool is like when you use certain types of programs, whether it be audio mixing, video mixing, uh, whatever, animation studios, that smart bar... Right, what's it called? Touch bar. Touch bar comes to life in a whole different way. Yep. Um, and so I just saw it as a complimentary suite because if I'm old enough to remember, I don't know how old Anna is, but I'm old enough to remember when when Mac was for artists. Yeah. And that was it. And that yeah. that's they were like, you can keep your international business machines. Yep. We're over here. So yeah. And so I so like with the stuff. new so Catalina is the new operating system on um, on the Mac. Um, and so, uh, and, and with sidecar is what they're calling it. Now you can then connect your iPad or, and I think they said you can actually connect multiple iPads. It hadn't been confirmed yet, but you can, they didn't say, but you might be able to do two. And so you can have these additional screens that you can either mirror your screen or extend your screen, but the touch bar, yep. whether you have a touch bar on your Mac or not comes on the iPad, no oh, matter beautiful. what. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Beautiful. Um, so, so yeah, there's some there's some interesting stuff that they came out with. Uh, AR kit that was pretty. That was, yeah. There's some really cool stuff. You want to talk about that? Uh, a little bit, yeah. There, there's uh, the AR kit. The main thing that they did in my mind, they they kind of nailed two things. One, which is shareable AR experiences, which we have some experience with building our own, and they're fantastic and fun. But there's always this. So, what does that mean, shareable AR? Um, when you and I and Anna and James and sound engineer Austin all hold up our phones, we can not only see each other, but we can see what each other is doing um, okay. in real time or in saved space. So you could actually come into the studio and hold it up and two people could be seeing us uh, like where the microphones exist and start to move it around. And if somebody places something in AR, it pops up on the other person's device. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but one of the main things in the, you know, the early apps that we're building, there's a thing called occlusion, which is essentially, uh, it doesn't understand depth and time and space. So for example, if I, uh, draw a line in AR, 
it will just go straight through a wall. It doesn't actually know that the wall is there. So it'll, it'll persist and continue on as if it was, um, nothing was there in between me and the wall and the, in the place where I was going. And they've figured it out in the way of people occlusion. So through the camera, it can understand um, human beings and it can go around that. But what it still has, from what I understand, it still suffers with vertical detection, vertical plane detection. Yep. Um, but they doubled down big time in AR, man. They started saying how it's going to, uh, it, it can get into your news feed. You can use it in text messaging. You can actually integrate with all of the Apple suite. So, I mean, if you guys listen to the podcast, you know I'm a huge proponent of AR before VR. I think it's the signal and it's the tipping point into to VR adoption. And like we talk about, anytime you build a tool to build tools, yeah, I think I think you're on to something. Well, I so. think it def- this is definitely a tool for tools. They've got this new thing called Reality Reality Kit, and Reality Kit is essentially um, it's a it's a toolkit that h- helps developers make 3d experiences better and so there's all kinds of things built into that where you know you could put an object like that uh beautiful beer that you're drinking mm. right there um, it can, is early in the yes, day so no cocktails today, so just you beer. uh so uh but you can place that in an augmented reality experience but then you can manipulate it so it can move um you can change colors around it there's all kinds of cool stuff that they can do that used used to take a lot of uh, rendering capability and just like technical know-how. Uh, so I think what that's going to enable is that um, developers can spend less time trying to create 3D objects and do more with those 3D objects. Yep. The other big thing that they talked about was um, the ability to actually use the phone now to capture 3D imagery. So there's the memojis, which yep, I, I mean, yep. I'm a, I, I, just, I still don't get, I, I don't get that. Do you get, like, why is a memoji... Why is that cool? They're not, from my perspective. <laughs> hot <laughs> take. Okay, the hot take. Yes. Hot take number two. <laughs> I also, They're I'm not, not the one who uses them. I, I'm i a little bit, I think, behind in terms of having to have the latest and do the greatest things. I like to stick to my preference. But, I mean, from the lens of personalization and, I guess, yeah. a more interactive way to send a selfie that's yeah. not a selfie, I could see how it takes off and then... As we talk about those young kids, <laughs> that she James is James. Yeah. She yeah. is James. Yeah. We know they're they're adopting things uh, for different uses. It's a way to like build this online avatar, which that can be a whole nother rabbit hole, but something we're seeing in the digital space. What I think is interesting. So before we press record, <clears throat> we were like, you know, one of the things I think about is uh, Google buys companies and Apple steals companies. <laughs> like Google just pays you cash or you, you got a great idea. Here's a bunch of money. Shut it down. We're going to take all your IP. Apple's like, that's a great idea. We're just build it in and, you know, go off. So I've had these, um, actually one of our uh, uh, visual designers that we've built a bunch of VR and AR with, uh, Mr. Caleb, who's a fantastic artist, was actually representative of one of the issues with AR is that the libraries suck. Mm-hmm. They're, they're chunky, they're clunky, they're built by video game people and not like true artists of scale. Um, but there, I have, um, I have uh, uh, AR and VR scanners on my phone, Capture, Hedges, Bellis 3D. People are already out there doing it and Apple's just like, oh, we'll just take it because now we have the point cloud technology. Yeah. So all the things that they use to create these memojis and all this stuff, now they actually can take that and take an entire industry that's been built around creating 3D imagery and yep. now it's built into your phone. Yep. I think that is the thing. It, that is it because I, I, I get really down on 
this lack of innovation and um, you know, like this running out of ideas. I truly, I feel that way because I'm <laughs> because I I used to love. I mean, we used to do. We used to sit around. The entire office would wait and just look at the WWC live tweet, live yeah, blog, like video what, stream. And now it's just like no, nah, nothing happened because the hardware doesn't evolve. But I think what we what we forget is that there are entire industries that used to be. Um, driven like the, by the things that are now just like one small feature in iOS, right? So the fact that you can do 3D motion capturing, that would cost you $100,000 in a full studio setup. In and now you of just, work. in yep. months of work, and now you just point your phone at it and you've got this this entire capture. It's pretty, it's pretty wild, man. I mean, it excites me. Yeah. I'm fucking no, happy. No, it is. I, I, I just have to, I have to remind myself. Well, just real quick. And then I want you to talk about your maps deal. Sometimes people forget that innovation is boring. And so yeah. when I talk about innovation, um, I have I, I constantly remind people of that because sometimes it's this back-end process solution that is mind-numbing to most people. And when a lot of people say innovation, it's this, oh, I've never thought about that. It's all customer-facing experiences. But sometimes it's just the mechanical engineering of a camera lens or a chip yeah. or a processing unit, and, and which would... Honestly, I'm about to fall asleep just fucking talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I think all the blood just left my body. I was like, I can follow You can see that. the eye roll that Anna just had. <laughs> so you, you got a hot take number three of the day. So one, Uh-oh. Apple's out of ideas. Two, yes. Moomojis is dumb. Yes. Yeah, and so number three, I was talking with someone on our IT team, and he had a couple of good things to say. They watch it. They live streamed it. But one of the things he pointed out is if we pay attention to the updates – Uh, they had for maps is they're rebuilding the infrastructure. So for a lot of us who use Google Maps, I'm unfortunately not always one of them. Uh, I'm a little bit behind, (laughs) but we know Google Maps is the better one. Waze Mm -hmm. is the better one to get us to where we need to go. But if we talk about why they're starting to build that re-infrastructure, it was pointed out self-driving cars. And the difference is they're not starting with the vehicle. They're not starting with the hardware, as we've been talking about they're starting with the software. Yep. So when the vehicles come out, they actually have a network that could be usable. And so, of course, we'll see how it rolls out. We'll see how it plays out. It's a lofty yeah. goal, but it was interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, you remember how bad Apple Maps was when it started? Like when they, <laughs> Oh, yes, I yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> when like the Golden Gate Bridge just like ended in the, in the ocean. Man, she, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, Anna was like, you know, today I was like, dang, I think you're on to something. I was like, yeah. but I seem to remember a time. Yes. So I went back real quick. There's a great article, Most Epic Fails, of Apple Maps. It's on Forbes, published in 2012. But in 2013, they had to push a quick-release update to their map because two people drove across a runway of an airport. <laughs> so, so that just goes it back happens, to... It happens. I mean, to a certain degree, yes, I guess that is a terrible, terrible use case that they have to solve for, but maybe they're actually... Helping people help themselves oh, by not relying through, on their map through Darwinism. You know, it's like, <laughs> like I mean, what what did you have to do to like what what guard post and yeah. you know what? How did you have to you had to cut a lock with bolt cutters like get onto the runway? Yep. It's not like there's just a an active runway that's at the corner of MOK and Lamar. <laughs> no cones, no cones. Yeah. Just go for it. See if you can make the gap. So it's like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. In real life. I don't know, man. I don't know if I blame that one on Apple, but people but, will be people. Yeah, but I do like the fact that they're updating Apple Maps. I think that's great, and the fact that they're updating CarPlay because I've got I yeah. use uh, Apple CarPlay 
um, about 27% of the time when it works. Okay. Uh, yep. So I have to plug in Apple CarPlay, which is just a real pain in the ass. I don't know why it doesn't do it through Bluetooth, but I do it. And one out of four times, it actually works, yep. and it's awesome. And the other three, I spend um, angry for my entire commute, just wondering, what, what did I do wrong this time? Um, it's you know It has about the same success rate, I think, as Siri. So we're, we're coming up, but... We haven't talked at all about iTunes, which is which is one yep. of my which is one of my favorite announcements. R.I.P. So, yeah, man. So we, we talk about um, advantages, disadvantages, strategies into marketplaces, and and what when I look at iTunes, at least to me in my mind, um, they were first mover advantage and completely redefined what online streaming music was, and it gave the birth to all sorts of expectations, all sorts of platforms, all sorts of economies, and they killed it, and I couldn't fucking care less. I don't actually, like, it doesn't matter to me. And they're like, oh, it's iTunes is dead. Long live these three other things. Yeah, but Apple two Music, of Apple Podcasts, and Apple TV. What is that? I don't know, man. I think they. I think iTunes was such a cultural thing. It's like, it's where you went. But it was also, it was how you, it became this catch-all. It was like where you set up your iPhone. It was this thing. That's the first but, thing you did. Yeah. Is my music here? Yeah. Well, did it make it from my iPod? Yeah. And I was going to say, it was actually started from my perspective with the iPod. Yeah. Yep. You wanted the iPod because you could get the best music. And then it was the thing everyone had. Yep. Um, so, I mean, once they ran out of the device being the entry point, they then let in other people who did it better in terms of having music to stream. You bring up an interesting cultural deal, right? So uh, I remember the first iPod and I bought it and it clicked when you moved the wheel mm-hmm. around and had all this shit, right? And then uh, I remember um, I got an engraved mini iPod at one point in time and all nice. this stuff. The Bono edition. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about where they fucked up. I think that might have been the the, the oh, first step. Of it all? First yeah. step. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but I think I it think wasn't when Steve Jobs died. It was when it was when they they when did the deal did with Bondo, the and then you and that U two song keeps playing on my car, even though I never downloaded yes. it. Yes. Um, the uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, a few years back, maybe ten or so, U um, two partnered with Apple, and they essentially forced everybody with an iPhone who had iTunes to automatically download for free a YouTube album, whether you not it, wanted it or not. So you it was went to bed. One song, I think. Everything was great. Was it just one? Yeah, it's just one song. Every you went to bed, everything's fine. The world was normal. <laughs> yeah. You wake up. What the fuck is this? Yeah, and then I got I got YouTube playing and, every time I pick up my iPhone. And now they're talking about privacy. Yeah, it's like without irony, it's a little strange to me. But one of the cultural things I, I was talking about is I used to there used to be like iPod parties at bars and at restaurants and you would like submit your i your full ipod like you would a jukebox but now it's on my phone and i don't know about you guys but nobody touches my phone yep ever yeah it's not a shareable device Mm-mm. and yeah. i wonder if that was the start of the downfall i don't know i mean since then they become the most valuable company in the world of, <laughs> I, of itunes they're really man. they're really slowing down yeah, no. of itunes and of itunes no it it maybe. What do you think? Oh no, no. So I was gonna say we need to go back to business valuation, but the cultural reference. I thought you were gonna talk about how everyone wanted the iPod once it became like the product, and then it became the headphones with the yep. ads that were so memorable white for cables. so long. Yep. And now it's those like creepy AirPods, which are actually extremely amazing. Useful. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't hear you. My yes. AirPods. <laughs> what Sorry, you double tapping my ear. <laughs> Every time he does that, I think he's trying to tell me he's busy. <laughs> so there's or that he's deaf. Like it's, he's like, come yeah. on, like, you, what? Are, what are you doing? You know, You're I touching can't hear your ear. Shit. Yeah. Gesture yeah. control. So 
as we talked about, you know, there wasn't a lot of exciting products uh, in terms of cultural references. It, I'll be curious if there is something next. Well, I think yeah. what's next is Siri. That's the one good thing that I saw coming out of this. Um, I yell at Siri all the time. She is, you know, the butt of countless number of jokes. Um, but when you look at it, they've doubled down in HomePod. They've talked about how they're going to be more natural uh, language processing. They're going to do uh, voice detection so that actually, Siri can actually understand the difference between who's talking to her. And then I, uh, that piqued my curiosity. Look back past few quarters or even a year, they've stolen some really key people from Google. And, and oftentimes, I think James and us were on the record of saying, what, what are they doing? What are they doing? Turns out uh, one of the... Uh, wealthiest companies in the world actually knows what they're doing and yeah. <laughs> it's starting to fruit and blossom. So I got, I got excited about this. Well, to, to wrap up the iTunes thing, I think it is a, that is a sad moment to see iTunes go, but I do think it's representative of the fact that Apple is moving to be a services company. And so they were synonymous with the, with hardware for a long time. So it was Mac, then it was iPod, then it was iPhone. And, um, and, the same way that iTunes was sort of this singular um, app or experience that you went through to manage all of your relationships with Apple. Now they're a totally different company. I mean, they have Apple TV Plus, they've got music, they've got news, they've got all of these different services that you can provide. And so what I think they're trying to do is take this broader approach and say, we are not one piece of software through which you go through iTunes to get to your relationship, but we've got all of these different things. And it's this sort of unbundling of services yep. that we're seeing, uh, you know, Disney do with, uh, they've got, they've got their Disney plus, but they've also got ESPN. They're not creating all those things together. And I, th I think you're going to continue to see Apple launch these new experiences and they had to kill iTunes for that to make sense. That's, that's interesting to you, man. I, I've, I've viewed it like a Evernote play. Where when you become everything, you become nothing. Yeah. And I didn't think about the Disney corollary. Um, I thought about Disney properties in terms of like copyright and IP. But you're right. I mean, they own seventy two percent of every media. They own Hulu you, now. Everything. They own everything. Everything. They took it all back as well. Yeah. They took it off of everyone else, and they're like big middle finger to everybody, which is yeah. it's kind of cool. Um, so we're gonna wrap up with the coolest thing. So coolest thing of the week. So for those of you who are not familiar, the coolest thing of the week, sometimes it's cool, sometimes it's terrifying, <laughs> terrifying sometimes it's horrifying. Um, sometimes it's just funny. So it's what are you reading, what are you seeing, what are you hearing? You want to kick us off? Yeah, I got two coolest things of the week. Okay. First coolest thing of the week is that my father-in-law listened to the podcast because Yo. I downloaded it. He handed me his phone and said, how do I do this? He listened to it, and uh, then he called my wife and said that we say the F word too much. So, uh, and so you notice wrong. I have not said it. You've said it nine times today. Fucking not a. that I was counting. <laughs> Sorry. He said, uh, someday your children will listen to this. The only thing is, no, they won't. But, <laughs> but I'm glad he listened. That made, that made my week. But, uh, the coolest thing I saw was that MIT created, uh, through a partnership with Steven Schwartzman, who used to be the CEO of Blackstone Group, uh, multi, multi-billionaire. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he donated, I don't know if it was all him or you know a group, but a billion dollars to create an entire new college. I think he donated 350 million of it. Uh, entire new college at MIT focused on AI. Okay. Um, and so um, this is uh, this is like two of my predictions coming together. One is that colleges will go away, yep. um, and the other is that AI will be the reason for that. And so now he created an AI 
college. And so I don't really know how I feel about that. But I think it's going to be really interesting because they are focused on not only things like, you know, new forms of, of AI and what AI should be, but also the ethics behind AI and how we can get ahead of those so that people who are building AI experiences also understand the impact that it's going to have sounds, on society. Sounds like a familiar concept. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the right? ethics and AI, but yeah. it also sounds like a familiar concept in the old rope-a-dope, I believe is what they call it, where yeah. you go, you think college is because of AI? Well, how's it? AI college. <laughs> Deal with that. <laughs> Smart asses of cocktails and questions. Uh, Anna, what, you got? what do you got? Yeah, so... I think what's really interesting, I'm really hyped on the topic of longevity. Uh, we see it happening a lot in Silicon Valley as biohacking specifically in that trend. But we're starting to like see a lot. Like when Peter Thiel's, like, isn't he like drinking the blood of young yes. young people or something? Yeah, like I can't that? wait to do that. <laughs> oh, God. I, I can't oh God. wait. Well, yeah, and now they have like the pop-ups for IV transfusions yep. if you go out the night before. I'm getting one on Sunday. Yeah, don't, don't just drink water. Yeah, do that. And then Andrew <laughs> Dorsey... Um, a Twitter guy was doing talking Jack about Dorsey? oh yeah Jack Dorsey wow whatever Andrew Dorsey's can, twin, uh, twin brother <laughs> we can edit that right we don't edit we don't fact check <laughs> Andrew Dorsey is Jack Dorsey's dimmer brother that's what yes it's, it's, oh, yes yeah clearly very memorable for this young generation go play the age card the other way fair oh yeah he does intermittent fasting he's been on record talking about it and that's related to biohacking but I think to your point what's interesting is there are almost these a feeble attempts for us to try to keep up with this machine age that's not going to age. And like, how do we try to extend the wisdom as we kind of blunder through our earlier years? The, I love it. The longevity thing's fascinating because, uh, you know, what people, there's a few people talking about it and thinking about it, but everybody's about your body. It's about your skin. It's about your heart. It's about your ability to do this and that. But nobody's focused on your brain. And so when I think about it, and you think about stem cells, right? So at some point, you can just get injected and all this stuff. But if your brain's rotten, what, what's the point of it all? I, I think we're going to miss the singularity. I think that everyone in this room will miss it, but not by much. That's my prediction. Oh, that's a, that is a hot take right yeah, there. But okay. I mean, it doesn't really matter because we won't be around. Yeah, anymore. exactly. Um, it's like all the predictions I make. <laughs> Uh, Nobody's uh, really listening. The, <laughs> just into the abyss, just shouting into the abyss. Dorsey, <laughs> Me and Andrew Dorsey yeah. just chewing on glass. That guy's a real genius. <laughs> um, so one quick callback into, uh, into the WWDC. The coolest thing I saw this week was in the Design Awards of 2019. So every year when they do this, they say these people are best in class for design uh, primarily on our platform, shocker. But uh, these, these people win. And there is one that really stuck out, which is called Butterfly IQ, which is approved by the FDA to essentially enable mobile um, ultrasounds on the go. So you have to buy a special wand and you download the app and all this stuff. Um, any, any guesses on how much the wand may cost somebody? 20, okay, 2700 bucks. All right, well, it's called a probe, so it's not okay. a wand. Get out of Harry Potter. called probe, which is, yeah, I'm okay. with you on that. That's <laughs> yeah. a terrible yeah. name. Anyway. Bad $2,000 for a probe and one user is uh, $420 a year. But proof that they're big on where they're going to go, one probe, $2,000, 10 users, $1,200 a year. Hmm. It's a pricing structure. But what it signals to me is um, uh, the quality and and sort of uh, regulation that goes into hospital-grade equipment is now finding its way into your pocket, which is both terrifying yeah. but exciting, especially when you get into um, people who work and can't afford all these doctor visits and all that stuff. I mean, you're going to have to go 
understand how to read an ultrasound. I'm sure they'll provide you documentation, but I thought it was cool. Um, introducing a new segment on here. What are you reading? I recommend that everybody read uh, The Utopia of Rules on Tech, Stupidity, and the Secret Joys of Bureaucracy. Okay. That's what I got. Uh, cocktails, that's the title? That's the title. The Utopia okay. of Rules. All right. All right. Uh, does not exist. Cocktails and questions. Uh, ben Gaddis, Anna Gilligan, any parting shots? What about our favorite book? Yeah. Oh, that's next week. All right. Just kidding. <laughs> what are you reading? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a podcast right now. Uh, it's called After On, so go check it out. Okay. Uh, there's an After On uh, podcast. I love it. Uh, deep dive on all sorts of things from the future of AI, um, the future of weaponry based on AI. Uh, but the best one I, I, I listened to was the, uh, there's a, a whole group um, called MAPS, uh, who yeah. I know you talked about, who's yes, using MDMA to treat PTSD uh, patients. Um, and they have, in, in many cases, a 75, 75% success rate curing uh, PTSD by using low dosage MDMA, which is pretty cool. God bless MAPS. What do you got? That's awesome. Some good books? Uh, yeah, so I'm reading currently How to Do Nothing. So a little bit of an oxymoron. Yeah, okay. It's concept, awesome. Yeah. But it's really inspired, I would say, a lot of things already. But the premise surprises me against the title because it's very much about how we focus our attention. So we talk about all our digital devices, night mode. Um, <laughs> it's how we can actually think among all of those distractions or just to-dos, basically. I love it. Cool. All right. Three good books, one <laughs> mediocre podcast, <Yeah>. five hot takes, <laughs> yeah. cocktails and questions. Ben Gaddis, Anna Gilligan, thank you for your time and guest appearance. Uh, for everybody in the studio, uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. Bye.